The Philadelphia Eagles are never done making moves even after the NFL draft is over. What could be under Howie Roseman's sleeve next? Plus, are we comfortable with the starting safeties in 2023? All that and more on this Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in Eagles fans to a Tuesday edition of Lockdown Eagles, your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to the everydayers Monday through Friday for making us your first listen. I'm Louis DiBiase, alongside as always my co-host Gino Camilleri. It's May 23rd, and we're going to continue to talk birds here. I know right now it's the dead zone of the offseason, but... I wouldn't even really call it that anymore because, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles are always making moves and they've made a lot of big moves around this time of year over the last, I would say, since how he became GM again in 2016. So on the show, we'll discuss later on some moves that could still come. And I think one position that maybe there's still something that could happen, it's kind of like last year in the summer, it might be the safety position. And it's not like last year where Howie basically had done nothing at this point, right? He skipped the draft, he missed out on free agents like Marcus Williams, right? He chose the um, Baltimore Ravens going over from the New Orleans Saints. So he signs Terrell Edmonds, drafts Sidney Brown in the third round. He has Reed Blankenship. He's definitely done work at this position. But would you agree if they were going to do anything, safety would definitely be on the table over most other positions. This is the time of year that LeGarrette Blunt was signed, if I'm not mistaken, to the yep. Philadelphia Eagles. In that after 2017. the 2017 draft, yeah. Yep, just a, a couple weeks after that. And in a few days, it's going to be OTAs at the beginning of June. So there really is no dead zone, right? And Not really, yeah. These moves that we're talking about, if they are going to happen, that window that you would most likely see them is any time after the end of team OTAs probably at the start of training camp, maybe a week or two into it, when teams start to see, okay, this is our 90 man. We might have an odd man out, right. like the New Orleans Saints did with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson last year. Howie Roseman, more than likely, is going to be picking up the phones. And I think you hit it right on the head, Lou. I would say in regards to the overall depth at the position, safety might not be my first choice where I'm calling other teams. I think maybe right. linebacker, you might want to try and I'd get agree with that, another yeah. solidified starter there to compete, at least in the time being with Morrow. But in regards to what you had last year at safety, it's going to be a downturn. And I think you have to make calls on guys like Buda Baker. I still, am a, I still want you to call on Jeremy Chin, even if Carolina wouldn't ever move him, right? Because he's a young piece. Still call, still see what the asking price is. But Buda Baker, it's been known that he wants out of Arizona. Right. I would say, hey, we'll get you out of there. We'll take you away from Jonathan Gannon and we'll let you be the highest paid guy in our defensive secondary that is a safety by a long margin. I mean, yeah. you're going to make a lot more money than Terrell Edmonds, Reed Blankenship, and Sidney Brown combined. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Gino, I, I think you put it perfectly. It's a position that I think they're okay at right now. They have depth, and if they head into the season with Edmonds, Blankenship, and Brown, I'm cool with that trio, but it's also not a position like, I don't know, running back, receiver, 
offensive line, defensive line were your corner where I would say you're set, like you're fine. You can't even really do much better. Whereas safety, yeah, is it as thin as linebacker? No. And I think the floor is actually pretty high with the guys that they have, but the ceiling could be higher. I think Sidney Brown is the one guy that could really blow up this year. I think we know who Edmonds is. He's a solid, good, not great player. Blankenship, I think, projects that way as well. Brown definitely has a lot of upside, but like you said, I mean, you're not closing the door on Buda Baker because you have Reed Blankenship. Without a doubt. And you posed this question on Twitter. Are you okay with this yes. trio of safeties? And the way I put it is you're sitting down at a restaurant. You oh, say, hey, what good. would you yeah. like for a drink this evening? And yeah. I say, oh, I'd like a Coca-Cola. And they go, oh, we only have Pepsi products. Is that okay? For yeah, some, it might not be. But everybody, nine times out of ten, I would say, is going to say, yes, I'll take that Pepsi, right? Is it Chauncey Garner-Johnson and even Marcus Epps up last year? No. Is it better than some safety units around the league? Absolutely. Is it a deterrent that you would lose many games because of this safety group, in my opinion? I don't think so. No, it's a group that you can win with, and that's the thing. It's not going to be a group that you win many games because of, but it's not going to be a game or, or a group that you win or lose games in spite of, because I yeah. think Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds can make up a lot of that tackle production that you lost with Chauncey Garner Johnson and those two linebackers leaving. You can mix in Nicobe Dean in terms of coverages and adding his tackle numbers in there as well. Sidney Brown, I, I think, is going to be an instant player on this team and going to be projected in those free safety style roles where he's single high and until he really gets his feet under him in that zone coverage type of world. They're going to have to get him into that system somehow and simply out of necessity, man, because is it going to be Justin Evans that you're going to put out there who's an oft-injured player no, with one be good Brown. season in New Orleans? No, it's yeah. going to be the guys that you brought in last year in Blankenship, your free agent in Terrell Edmonds, and it's going to be Sidney Brown. And yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if Avante Maddox sees some snaps there as well. Potentially, and yeah, he could. And, you know, Kelly Ringo was a player yeah. that— Kelly Ringo, who you drafted as yeah. well. Some said maybe he projects better. I think they'll keep him a corner, but some said he might project better at safety into the NFL. So I think most agree with us. The poll that I put up was, are you comfortable with the Edmonds Brown blanket chip trio at safety for 2023? It's pretty close. Actually 60% said yes. 40% said no. And I think the sentiment is right. It's like, you could do better. You're good there. You're definitely better than last year. Gino, who were your safeties at this point after the draft? Because you miss out on you know, a Harris. lot of the prospects like Jaquan Brisker. It was, yeah, what, Anthony Harris. Rodney McLeod was gone. Mm-hmm. So it was it was Harris, Marcus Epps, and you haven't even signed Jaquaski Tart yet. That was in June. And I actually liked that move, and it was a disaster. So your safety group looked a lot weaker than it does right now. I mean, Edmonds, again, is very solid. And actually, if you look at his PFF numbers last year, Gino, he had a higher coverage grade and run grade than Chauncey Garner-Johnson. Now, was he a... Player of CGJ's level, absolutely not. But the numbers were pretty good. And again, Blankenship, I feel like, will project to be that kind of solid player too. And Sidney Brown does have a really high ceiling. He was a top five safety for me on the board, and I think he was for you as well. So it's definitely a really good group of guys. But yeah, I I don't think you have a CGJ, at least this year. You don't have that one individual that is going to change the game for you, at least not. And that's why Buda Baker, I think, is that guy, Gino. So if you can add somebody like that or... Yeah, God forbid a Jeremy Chin level of talent, maybe not him specifically, but that kind of talent is available. Yeah, you always listen to that. 
And I wouldn't just say safety is the position that you are going to be trying to make moves as well. Let's say you can add another pass catcher. I, I don't think they sit on their hands at wide receiver. Like if there's a guy like Hunter Renfro, for example, Lou, and you could get him on the cheap on that rookie deal for a year, I, I would take Hunter. options. I think that'd be a great option as your third wide receiver with what you have on the outside as well, right? Really fits that basketball point guard style role to the shooting guard of Devontae Smith and the power For forward sure. of um, A.J. Brown out there as well. So you have to just keep all optionality open. But at the end of the day, when you're evaluating these positions, you have to go down the paradigm that we always talk about. Is it a player you lose or win in spite of, a player you win with, or a player that you win because of? And I don't think there's a group on this team right now that is a unit that you are going to lose games because of. Or win in spite be, of. Or win not, in spite of. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be overcompensating for even linebacker, which is pretty thin. I like the two starters you have a lot, and maybe the ceiling's even higher because of what you have with Nicobe mm-hmm. Dean versus Edwards and White last year. But these are all positions the Eagles will watch over the next few months. Gino and I are going to have some more moves to keep in mind coming up next for you right here on this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And guys, Today's show is sponsored by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. A sweep in the Western Conference Finals. The Nuggets are heading to the finals. I imagine it will be against the Miami Heat. You can bet on that at FanDuel because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet does not win, FanDuel is the best. Great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app. You get paid instantly. You can bet on the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, MLB, every sport you can think of, parlays, futures, all that and more. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and the Lockdown Podcast Network. All right, Eagles fans, we are continuing on this Tuesday edition of Lockdown Eagles. Shout out to the everydayers Monday through Friday for making us your first listen of the day. I'm Louis DiBiase alongside my co-host, Gino Camilleri, and today we're discussing what moves could be coming next from General Manager Howie Roseman because over the last six, seven years, Gino, after the draft, Howie is not sat on his hands. They have made a lot of trades, free agent moves, and they've been very impactful on some deep playoff runs. And we'll kind of take a trip down memory lane with some of those best moves he's made in the summer to wrap up the show. But I want to talk more about right now. We mentioned safety in segment one. That was the highlighted position. But you mentioned receiver at the end, talking about maybe somebody like Hunter Renfro. We mentioned safety, the linebacker position. There are some spots that Howie can still add some talent and I actually think there are some good options out there. And a lot of them, ironically, all come from one team. At least for me, I'm highlighting what's a team that has some young talent, but at the same time are rebuilding and might be open-minded to trading guys. Normally they wouldn't. And the team I kept going back to, every time I was thinking of a trade to make, it was the Arizona Cardinals. I'm like, okay, Buda Baker. All right, what about linebacker? Who's available? Yeah, I know everyone's saying Devin White. And then I thought of Isaiah Simmons, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. He's kind of like Hassan Reddick has been in the wrong system in Arizona. So Isaiah Simmons is there. Heck, maybe even like Zach Ertz at some point becomes available as your second tight end because the Cardinals are rebuilding. Maybe I actually a, thought about that. Maybe that's more of a done. deadline move, but I just kept going back to Arizona every time I was thinking of options. 
when you're one evolution away from playing in one of the spring leagues that have come out, either the XFL or USFL, if there was relegation and promotion, Arizona would be right there sitting where Everton, Leicester, well, and South. Yeah, they're in the Caleb right Williams now. sweepstakes. You know, Kyler's not going to play half the year. They have two picks mm-hmm. that are going to be basically like lottery picks that are going to be in the top yeah. five, and they could start over with like a Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison situation. What about a guy like Zayvon Collins, for example, Lou? I mean, right. I know it's a, a recent draft pick. Yeah, like the one of those years. linebackers. I Why don't know not? if they're they're probably not going to keep both. I don't. And neither think... one and neither one have met the ceiling. I loved both coming out, but neither have met that ceiling. And, and I just want to play devil's advocate here with you. Yeah, I sure. know you say that about. Arizona, but why wouldn't that be the same discussion with you for Carolina? I I know their defense is definitely a little bit better, right? But at the same time, you just get your young quarterback. I mean, Kyler is believed to be that guy in Arizona, if you truly believe in him, or you're just sold on Caleb Williams. But even if you're sold on Caleb Williams, just like Carolina was on Bryce Young, wouldn't it be the same type of discussion with you? It it would if... The thing, a couple of the differences for me at least are the Panthers were a top 10 defense last year. Jeremy Chin has been one of the best young safeties, I think, in the NFL over the last few years, whereas Isaiah Simmons has not met the potential. It's a new front office. Um, They're completely rebuilding and restarting. So those are at least some of the reasons. I just, for me, if I'm a team like Carolina, why would I want to trade away one of my best young defensive players when I'm like building for the future? Whereas for Arizona, I agree with that logic. But again, the Cardinals seem out on Simmons. It's a position that they're not going to pay two guys a lot of money. They already declined the options, so the writing's on the wall Mm -hmm. there. So at least those are some of the reasons for me. No, that it totally makes sense. I just wanted to to get your insight on that. Trust me, man. I they I would have loved I would love Jeremy Chin. I'm not opposed to. I just don't think they're gonna make him available. It's like when you're I, I don't know if you're a fisherman, but I remember going down to Florida I am. with my grandpa and we would go to the same spot every year to catch fish, right? Like that was his hot spot. He knew that secret well, spot. Well for Philly, that's New Orleans. So that's what, what I'm we, saying. What can we get with right? the Saints? Let's go to but that it, roster. But if there's a spot, maybe a few feet over or a similar team, right? Like a similar body of water, that being Carolina, like I think you probably make the calls there, right? And even Minnesota, I know we haven't talked about this, Lou. If you could get Delvin Cook for a bag of pretzels, even with what you have right there, if you get it for a seventh, would you be willing to take him for a year just to see potentially you yeah, can get a I mean, pick out of it the next year? Definitely would be a log jam at running back, but you know me. I love Dalvin Cook, so I wouldn't be opposed to it, especially at running back where you play pretty much everybody. All these guys are on one-year deals. Yeah, mm. definitely wouldn't be opposed. I think, again, the, the main spots, though, is safety, linebacker, and then... Yeah, probably. I mean, like, you know, tight end is like, and this is kind of like safety last year in the summer where they bring in Tart and then like a move could happen right now. But I remember this happened. The CGJ trade happened in August because they brought in Tart and he was supposed to be that other starting safety and he was terrible. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, okay, there's nobody in here that's making a difference outside of Marcus Epps. We have to make another move. Like if Dan Arnold just doesn't look like anything interesting and Calcaterra is not making that next step and, you know, Jack Stahl hasn't really looked like he improved as a receiver. I think you could see in July and August some moves being made at these spots or like linebacker too. Morrow could end up being your next, what was it, Corey Nelson, where it's like, man, mm-hmm. this guy stinks and we only have the Kobe Dean linebacker. Yeah, yeah, and that's literally it. So um, I, I think you could see a move right now, but I, I would project too in training camp, keep your your eyes out for something. 
especially you look at a team like Tennessee I'm looking at right now, right? And you See, have that's no idea team what's I'm, going I'm on. That, yeah, you watch the roster. You oh, don't like, know what's going on with quarterback Kevin Byard, man. Kevin like, Byard. Does he want to get yep. off and go play for a contender? Because I will, I, I will give you all the screenshots of text I have with my friends hyping up Kevin Byard. That's that my second favorite move Titans outside fans, of Baker, man. probably. I, I think if you're looking in the not young – but not old category guys yeah. that kind of want to win. I mean, even that's a, a Zach Ertz type of move, right? Guys that are like, okay, I'm getting there. I still have a couple good years left. I think Byron right. still has a couple good years left of playing at that. I mean, he's an all pro caliber safety, man. He's sure. all around the ball. And you he's cheaper than off? Baker, much cheaper than B- Buddha Baker, man. I mean, Buddha got paid, but I'd be willing to pay Buddha, but I would yeah. be willing to pay any good player. And I think Byard, if you're going to go that safety route, is a great idea. And the idea of the Devin whites of the world never made much sense. Right. Yeah, and I don't love there's, it. there's the high end edge rushers, but the Eagles don't get kind of sucked into those big time moves that are going to cost you more. And the Khalil Mack type of moves where you're mortgaging your future for a guy who he could be a player that you win because of, or he could just be a guy who's on your team. Right. And the Eagles are going to look at that and say, does Kevin Byard want to get out of Tennessee? Does Arizona want to get out of, or does Buda Baker want to get out of Arizona as well as everybody else on the face of the planet, right? And, I mean, there's a couple other AFC teams I would look at. Houston, I mean, they've signed a lot of free agents this year around the deadline if they're just downhill. I mean, you you got to be calling on guys yeah. like that. Like, Desmond King is still sitting around in Houston making good time plays at that nickel overhang safety position. So it sets up well with our discussion yesterday where guys want to come and play with Jalen Hurts. The Eagles call and they say, hey, talk to your agent. We have this opportunity to move you. And they're like, where is it? And they say, Philadelphia. You bet eyebrows are perking up and saying, okay, let's try to expedite this thing. Like the Olamide Zacchaeus move, right? When they called OZ's agent and he said, Philadelphia wants to sign you. He said, all right, let's pick up the pace on this thing and let's get moving here because guys want to come here. And I know some have suggested receiver. I'm good, though. I mean, I like Quez and Zacchaeus as the three and four. You might trade Quez away. Yeah, and then if you want to bring in a Hunter Renfro, like you said, again, that's not a position at wide receiver three that I'm closing the door on any sort of upgrade. Mm -hmm. Like the defensive line, I think they're good. I don't think they need to add really anything right now, right? There are certain positions that you just don't need to add anything. Um, And then there's some that I would definitely want to add somebody. Like linebacker is a position I would really Mm -hmm. like to get somebody in there. Mm -hmm. I actually like Sean Bradley and think he could be ready for that LB3 role, Gino, but... I don't know. I mean, do you want to really just bank on Morrow and Dean all year, even with how less important this position is versus others? Not so sure, but definitely got to keep an eye out for everything because nobody works the phones more in the NFL than the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's been the case throughout really the most of the past decade with Howie as GM. Do you know, coming up next, we're actually going to talk about the best moves Howie has made after the draft since 2016. All that and more on this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. All right, Eagles fans, we're wrapping up this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. We're talking about moves that Howie Roseman can and has made after the NFL draft. You know, not a lot of NFL teams are as aggressive this time of year, but the Eagles have been since 2016. It helped them win a Super Bowl. It's helped them make some deep playoff runs as well in 2018, 19, 2022, 2021 as well. I mean, every single year it feels like Howie is, after the draft, still trying to improve the roster. And he's mentioned that himself in interviews before the draft. He's saying, look, this isn't 
you know, we're not done after the draft. We can still add talent. You know, when people were questioning why he didn't get a running back or why he didn't add a safety or a cornerback, you know, that's been the case. You know, each year there's a position that they don't address and then they do. And a lot of the times it's worked out. Sometimes it hasn't, i.e. Jaquaski Tart last year, but you know, you look at the CGJ move. I mean, there's a lot since 2016. Is there any off the top of your head you think like there is an impactful move in the summer? Well, I did report Corey Graham re-signing after the Super Bowl year. The only break I ever had. The the most impactful player if we're talking about summer signings. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I I think the LeGarrette Blunt one is one of those ones where... It's got to be top three, I think. Yeah, for sure. You just sit there and say, this guy was sitting in the DVD bargain section, right? And you just picked him up and he became one of your all-time greats on a Super Bowl team, right? The Arguably one of the one hit wonders in Eagles history that people will always one love. of the as best much as he was playing yeah. for the, the death star and the, the Patriots forever. He comes to Philly and he helps you win a Super Bowl. I think that's a, a pretty, He's, easy he was a Darth Vader. He, he brought balance to the force throwing Sidious down the, down yes, the that, that's that was, that was LeGarrette Blunt. I yeah, actually ranked them, Gino and Blunt was number oh, three. I, I did my top three. Blunt was number three. So the best moves, how he has made after the draft. Number one, I think has to be, trading Sam Bradford to Minnesota, right, in 2016. Oh, yes. Because that put We're the Super Bowl win in motion. Yeah, that that's a little bit cheating. But, like, I, I just thought in general moves he's made after the draft. But when it comes to players, the, the two that I kept thinking of, CGJ last year and, yeah, mm-hmm. Blunt in 2017. I, I think it's evident that it's got to be those two, right? And I mean, CGJ yeah. led the – led the league in interceptions and you got him at the end of literally like what a week before the Detroit opener just about I mean yeah you were on pins and needles thinking that you're going to start Anthony Harris this Uh, season and who ended up being on the practice squad the whole year yeah Yeah, he he left they let him leave and then they brought him back on the practice squad and you have to find those guys that are going to help fix a role for you right and I think it'll be evident to when that does happen because it's Howie Roseman and you know something always does what their thoughts are on said position, right? And you look at the Jaquaski Tart signing, they sign him and then they're not really in love with this guy. And you're yeah. saying, yeah, you think he's going to start. And then they make another move and you're like, okay, they truly didn't. Sometimes you learn, like what they had there. You Sometimes you're just not truly going to know until it's not on paper anymore and you see them on the field, how they're grasping mm-hmm. the playbook, what they look like in camp compared to other players you know, what they look like in the preseason. That's a huge part of this. And sometimes that evaluation is wrong, i.e. LJ Fort, but that's a huge part of this. That's why I'm saying not only keep an eye out right now for moves that how he could make, but like in July and training camp and during roster cutdowns, they're going to always look to explore and upgrade elsewhere for sure. I mean, you get, you have to learn who these guys are on the field. I always go back to the one quote when Shelton Gibson was drafted and he comes back to, to training camp and, how he walks out there, the wide receiver coach looks at him and says, this guy can't catch. Like, you don't yeah. know what you don't know until you see it on the field. And right, man. that's what a lot of this time is. We always talk about this is the time of hope. Well, you're hoping these guys come out here and look as explosive as Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter have. But on the other end of it, Lou, you get the guys like the Mike Wallace signings of the world, right? Where it's or Ruben you- Randall. 
Or Ruben Randall, Lou. Oh my! Do you remember that wide receiver room? <laughs> Trying not to, but yes. Who was the so. one guy they got? Oh, from DGB the was a summer move. That was terrible. Yes, Royal Green Beckham was as well, man. So was Ronald Darby. Right before I the mean, Colts preseason game. Good do you remember Lord. Ronald Darby? That was early oh, August. Oh, that's a great one. I didn't even think of that one. Ronald yeah, Darby well, in August. Well, I mean, not a great one, uh, but. Pretty good. De- definitely impactful. A starting corner in a Super Bowl year. Yeah, he has a ring, man. As much as we might have yeah. hated on Ronald Darby, he it's was me over anybody. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm with you there, man. I was, I was never high on Ronald yeah. Darby, man. Those yeah. Ohio State receivers. But that I would consider a win for a trade in August. Wait, is Ronald Darby Ohio State? I'm, I'm thinking of no, uh, Florida State. Florida State. Yeah, I was thinking of Bradley Roby on that yes. one. But yes. this is the time of year, Lou. Like you said, you'll find out so much about this roster just either through what they don't do or what they do do. And of course, you're going to look at the linebacker position and say they have three guys there. One who's a primary special. You're one injury away from maybe we're... saying we have to go to Davian Taylor. I mean. Or Ben Van Summeren, who's $115. Yeah, they're going to add, dude. Guarantee I'll guarantee you, they're going to add somebody up. They have to. They have, they have to. to, right? And even if you say they're going to use more three safety looks, even if you say they're going to use Nolan Smith and Hassan Reddick together yeah. in these hybrid roles, no matter what, you still got to get some more guys at that, that spot. You know what this reminds me of? Do you remember 2017 after the Super Bowl year? So in 2018, yeah. when everybody's like, okay. It might have been 2019. I think it was 2018, but Tevin Coleman was that name that everybody wanted at the running back position. Oh my right? god! Yeah, and then they it was him and Kenyon Drake. Yes, him and Kenyon Drake, and they signed neither of them, and they're like, "Oh, we have no chance to get anybody." Then they end up and going get Miles Sanders. They get Jordan Howard as well. Things tend to work out okay with Howie Roseman, who is patient because he will be that guy that buys low. And sells high. Look at the Chauncey Gardner Johnson move, right? When everybody else is like, extend, extend, extend. This guy wants $14 million a year, whatever the number was at the time. Howie Roseman's like, here's a fifth and sixth round pick, and we can get this guy in here and hopefully help win us a Super Bowl. And I think moves like that, maybe not to the three way trade of a Ronald Darby with Sammy Watkins and Jordan Matthews, but maybe something that you might not expect. It might not be a. Trade a lot the of the time, it's not what you expect. You know, CGJ yeah. was not on my radar last year at all when they traded for him. So that's the cool thing. Like how is, he has his job and we have Yeah, a lot of the times there's holes, like you mentioned, at running back and at safety, linebacker this year, where I'm saying, where is that guy coming from? Because mm-hmm. I'm going through my head and I can't think of where the solution is. And then suddenly Howie thinks of something else. So, um, you, yeah, everything's on the table. Without a doubt. And this is the Howie Roseman season extension window right now that everybody else is sitting on their hands going on vacation you know he's itching to make a move at some point and it's going to come OTAs are going to be here in just a week or so after that we're about a month away from training camp and once training camp open ups opens up that's when the floodgates open up as well for how sure. season 3.0 We'll continue to preview it right here in the Locked On Eagles podcast. Three more shows for you this week, Monday through Friday. We're your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Shout out to the everydayers for making us your first listen of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. I'm Louis DiBiase alongside my co-host, Gino Camilleri. You can talk to us on Twitter after the show at Birds at GC24 underscore football, and at LOE For Gino Camilleri, I'm Louis DiBiase signing off. We'll see you tomorrow. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening and let's go birds fly eagles fly